Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Milford House Mysteries on the BookSpeak Network with co-host Sherry Knowlton, that's me, and J.M. West. Our mystery and suspense novels are published by Sunbury Press under the mystery imprint called Milford House. I write the Alexa Williams series of books, Dead of Autumn, Dead of Summer, and Dead of Spring. Dead of Winter will be released in February of 2019. Hi, I'm J.M. West. I write the Carlisle Crime Cases series. There are four, Dying for Vengeance, Courting Doubt and Darkness, Darkness at First Light, and How to Die in Fall, featuring homicide detectives Christopher Snow and Aaron McCoy. The first four titles are now available on Kindle for just $2.99 each, and they're bundled together for $12.00. And I hope my latest book, Being Strangled, will be released in early in 2019. So today on the Milford House Mysteries, we're pleased to have mystery suspense author Wendy Tyson. We're going to chat with Wendy uh, about her Greenhouse Mystery Series, her Allison Campbell Mystery Series, and uh, the upcoming Percy Powers Crime Series, as well as some of her short fiction. Uh, We'll highlight her newest book called Rooted in Deceit uh, and talk about any other books that she's got on the horizon. Wendy Tyson is a writer, lawyer, and former therapist whose background has inspired her mysteries and thrillers. Wendy writes three mystery series, the best-selling Greenhouse Mystery Series, the Allison Campbell Mystery Series, and the Percy Powers Crime Series, the first of which, A Dark Homage, is due out in January of 2020. Wendy's short stories and has appeared in literary journals and also fiction anthologies, including two recent titles, Night of the, Blood, of the Night of the Flood, pardon me, and Betrayed. She is a member of Sisters in Crime, and the International Thriller Writers, and writes for the International Thriller Writers 2 online magazines, The Big Thrill and The Thrill Begins. Wendy's latest greenhouse novel, Rooted in Deceit, was released on September 4th. And the next in the series, Right for Vengeance, is due out in June of 2019. My goodness. Uh, welcome <laughs> to the Milford House Mysteries, Wendy. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Jody and Sherry. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, good. So let's, <laughs> let's get into it. Um, first of all, let's start out with some information about your books. Um, you certainly seem to be a prolific writer uh, with three major series out there. Um, we, you know, we talked about the Greenhouse series, the Allison Campbell, an upcoming uh Percy Powers crime series. Uh, how how would you describe each of these series? Uh, you know, briefly. How are they alike? How do they differ? You know, whatever you want to tell us to just 
describe these uh, different series that you've got out there. Sure, Sherry. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, I guess I'll, I'll talk about them in order sort of, sort of of darkness and suspense. So the Greenhouse <laughs> Mystery Series could probably, could probably be considered a cozy series or, um, you know, maybe a bit of a cozy with an edge. But it's a pretty cozy series. It, it stars um, Megan Sawyer, who is an environmental attorney um, who returns to her roots in a small town in eastern Pennsylvania to take over the family's organic farm and um, failing store. She, she makes an organic cafe. And, and, you know, along the way, of course, finds dead bodies in the barn and, and such. Um, that <laughs> series is, yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so that series is uh, a, a Muddy Murder, Bitter Harvest, Seeds of Revenge, and then the one that just came out is Rooted in Deceit. Um, then the Allison Campbell Mystery Series, which is also released by Henry Press, features Allison Campbell, who is a dissertation shy of a PhD in psychology. And Allison um, spends her time on the main line of Philadelphia helping people reinvent, herself, reinvent themselves, but really she's, the biggest transformation has been her own. And, and Allison came from um, a poorer family, had a rough upbringing, and in the first book, Killer Image, we learn that she's hiding some secrets from her own past. Um, there's four books in that series. Uh, Killer Image, Deadly Assets, Dying Brand, and Fatal Facade, which came out last year. Um, and then the Percy Powers crime series is, uh, that one actually features four female private detectives. Um, a, a former cowgirl, and she's the Delilah Percy Powers, who is the main character. And then she has a former nun, um, an ex-stripper, and <laughs> a kind of a hardcore homemaker all of whom are uh, part or full-time help uh, with her in, in her detective agency. And so in the first one, A Dark Homage, they're looking for um, a murderer. One, but first they have to solve their, uh, a woman whose name is Miriam Cross, uh, a feminist author and speaker, goes missing. She resurfaces a year later, living under a pseudonym, and has been killed in her home <clears throat> Excuse me, while living uh, anonymously after having disappeared. And so they have to figure out not only what happened to her, why she disappeared, and in doing so uncover a pretty dark trail um, that leads to an underground of women um, doing some uh, important things. Um, so it touches on some pretty important topics for today. Oh, wow. and, and Rooted in Deceit was uh, released in early September, right? That's right. That can just tell, came out September 4th. Us, can you tell us a little bit more about this new mystery? It's the fourth in the Greenhouse Mystery Series, right? Sure, yep. So Rooted in Deceit finds a Megan Sawyer. Uh, her, it's, a, it's kind of a homecoming book. And so we learn mm-hmm. in the first couple of books that Megan's father has left to go to Italy and marry a woman who Megan has never met. Um, in book four, he returns with his new wife, who's somewhat high maintenance, and it's supposed to be a homecoming, but what they don't realize is uh, the father and his new wife aren't going to stay with them at the family farm. They're actually going to stay at a new health spa and retreat that's been built um, nearby. And uh, the, the stepmother is there to collect art. And it so happens that one of the artists that she has her eye on 
is a woman who used to be best friends with Megan, who grew up in the town of Winsom, Pennsylvania with her. Um, unfortunately, somebody is murdered, and it's this artist, and all leads, everything leads back to her father's new wife. And so it's up to Megan to figure out what happened, uh, what happened just a piece back, you know, the years since she was friends with this woman and, of course, confronting some of her own issues from the past in doing so, but also reconciling her current issues with her father and dealing with this, you know, with her stepmother. And that's uh, rooted in receipt and re- rooted in deceit. And really it kind of the idea grew out of a, a spa that I stayed at years ago, probably 16 years ago, and just sort of uh, cultivated in the back of my mind. And when I was writing this series, realized it would be a great setting for uh, for a murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I know we all, as authors, draw from our own experiences. Um, I-, I wondered uh, about Megan Sawyer, Sawyer, your heroine in Rooted in Deceit, um, and the other greenhouse books, um, you say she's an organic farmer. She runs a, a, a organic cafe. Um, I know that in real life, <laughs> you're a, a big <laughs> advocate for organics, for sustainable agriculture. I think you dig in the dirt a little bit yourself. <laughs> um, is that what uh, led you to the organic theme in this uh, this series of books? It is. Um, it is. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an attorney as well, but not an environmental attorney. Uh, but the farming aspect is very much comes from our own experiences. My, my husband and I actually started our own organic farm, oh gosh, um, probably a couple of years before this book came out. And we had land, if anyone on the, who's listening is familiar with Bucks County, we had rented some historical property in Bucks County, and we're going to have an urban farm. Unfortunately, things fell through. I mean, we had gone pretty well through the process. We had the fields ready to go. Um, my husband's going to be the primary farmer. We had, you know, we were just ready to go. And um, mm-hmm. some local politics intervened, and we lost we lost the lease for the farm. So oh. fast forward. Yeah, it was unfortunate. And fast forward a couple of years later, I was at a book signing in North Carolina in this beautiful little town in North Carolina, um, unfortunately, no one showed up to the book signing, but I realized that this little town, if tra- you know, put into Pennsylvania could be uh, a great setting for my farm, um, and could, that could be a great setting for a cozy mystery series. Oh, you mentioned you mentioned twice that, that the Greenhouse Mysteries are cozy mystery series, but for those of our listeners, who aren't that familiar with the subgenres of mystery? Can you define define what cozy? Why your books are considered cozies? I sure can. So, and that's a good question. So, cozy, you know, technically or historically, has been the amateur sleuth. Um, normally, it's a small town or a small community. The amateur sleuth, for some reason, has connections. You know, whether they're a business person or just a busybody or you know, uh, married to a police officer or 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 something, but um, it could be a male, male or female. And then, typically, sex and violence are off the page. So, you know, you're not going to find a lot of gore. You're not going to find a lot of on-page sex in a cozy mystery. It's much more about the puzzle, uh, the mm-hmm. who done it piece of it, and the why done it piece of it. 
And sometimes they're thematic, so you'll find cozies that, you know, deal with bakeries or uh, farming or, you know, different, different, especially culinary cozies. I would say these, you know, they take place on a farm. I don't know that I'd call them farming cozies per se, but it's that tight community is certainly like a cozy mystery. Oh, are the Allison Campbell series considered cozies too? No, they're they're considered. I mean, I, I suppose you could thrillers. consider them cozy with an edge, but I would say more suspense. Yeah, okay. there's there's much more on the page, uh, especially in the first one, Killer Image. But there's there's still more about the puzzle and the mystery than you know. It's more of a um, traditional mystery. Oh. Okay. Well. Um, your Allison Campbell series, uh, Fatal Facade, was released in 2017. Um, you have a new book coming out in 2019. You're talking about a new series. Um, how? Uh, tell us a little bit about how you juggle writing three series. I mean, I have trouble with one, to to be honest. <laughs> Me um, too. Do, do you do, do you, um, do you like write, you know, uh, Greenhouse, then you turn to Allison Campbell, then to the the new one, or are you writing all three books at the same time, uh, or what? I mean, how how do you do it? Do you, is it? Do you find it hard to jump from one set of characters to another? Not typically, although every once in a while I'll find that I I uh, transposed a, a name or something, but. Um, no, not typically. So I um, I can write three series at the same time unless I'm right near a deadline. And when it's close uh. to a deadline, then it's all about that particular series. So when I say close to a deadline, probably maybe six weeks, six to eight weeks prior to a deadline, um, I'll hold mm-hmm. on just what I'm writing. Um, and then I, you know, I, I write some other stuff too, um, just to kind of keep it fresh. But yeah, I, I I don't I don't have I mean obviously the thing that has the deadline coming is is usually the book that gets the most attention, but I enjoy writing the three because I find that it gives me some um, headroom I guess to think about the others and have it play out in the back of my mind and then when I get to it it feels back to it it feels fresh. Uh-huh. So do you get up, like, in the morning and say, okay, today I'm feeling like, uh, or I, I had some ideas about the the Campbell series, so I'm going to write that today, or it, it, it's... Yeah, uh, pretty much. I yeah. get, I, okay. I like to, I don't know how the two of you are, but I like to tell myself a story. So that's the exciting part of the first draft is, you know, is the storytelling piece. And so whatever I'm, when I wake up, um, you know, if I'm working, if I'm in the middle of something and I'm really excited about it, I'll just stick with that. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a lull and I've finished the, you know, the dreaded middle of a book and I'm ready to move on. Um, But I need some thinking time. So I'll move to the next thing. Or or sometimes, like you said, you know, I do, I drive a lot for my, just my Mm -hmm. lifestyle. I'm in the car a lot. So sometimes, ideas will bubble up and I'll get really excited and I want to switch to a different, you know, series or different book for, for a couple of days. Um, I like to, to have the different, different projects going. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's amazing. I, I know. I do some of my best thinking um, in the car, especially on the way to yoga for some reason. But um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always jotting down notes once I get to the to the yoga studio. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I use, do my um, best thinking right before bedtime. <laughs> yeah. See, everybody has their has that time period. I I find like the video on my phone. Sometimes if I, um, you know, I'll get to a traffic light or something and I can just quickly make, say a note to myself, like, don't forget to do X or, you know, pull into a parking lot or whatever. I don't fool with my phone while I'm driving, certainly. But it's the driving time is just great time for thinking and kind of letting it go to the back of your head and, and pull together, if that if that makes any sense. Yeah, and I understand or I heard that you just moved from Pennsylvania to rural Vermont, and that sounds like a a writer's dream. I think there are a few movies about authors moving to Vermont, you know, for the setting. But seriously, um, your series um, are based in Bucks County, PA, and mainline outside of Philly. How does this move affect your writing and your life, and will it affect the setting of your novels? Well, so I still have a very excuse me, very strong connection to Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. Um, I'm back there for my day job, and uh, my family's back there. So I'm back there fairly frequently, uh, and I'll, I will keep, you know, the setting uh, true to Philadelphia. I was born in that area and grew up in that area. In terms of affecting my writing, um, it really hasn't, I guess. I think it, my routine is pretty much the same at this point. Um, you know, the settings for the books are, are the same. I have some ideas for books set in Vermont, certainly for the, you know, perhaps for the future. But it, it has been it has been a wonderful transition, I'll say that. Um, you know, and I, I enjoy being outside. That's when you're talking about, like, what, <clears throat> how you do your best writing and best thinking. So that's been nice because I think that's kind of gotten the ideas flowing as well. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, um, so now that you're expanding your your thinking in this cool, crisp air of Vermont at this time of year, uh, what's on the radar? Um, I mean, you haven't really told us. Well, you did tell us a little bit about this new, intriguing series with the um, the group of of women who is uh, quite unique uh, to be working together. Uh, with your your new series, but uh, you want to talk a little bit about that and anything else that's on the horizon for right now? Uh, Sure. So uh, a couple things on the horizon. So I told you, you had mentioned earlier, the fifth book in the Greenhouse series is coming up. So that'll be out in June. That's ripe for vengeance. Excuse me. Um, And. the, a Dark Homage comes out in January 2020. That's the first book in the Delilah Percy Powers crime series, um, and that'll be part of a, a three-book uh, three series. And so I'm working on the second book now. The first book is thankfully completed. Um, yeah. And then short stories. I've had a couple of short stories out in anthologies recently, and I have, I'm working on – so we did The Night of the Flood through International Thriller Writers – and that is a kind of a unique um, novel and short story. Uh, if, I, mm-hmm. if I may, it all, all takes place in a single night. Uh, the premise of the, of the whole book is that uh, it's a western Pennsylvania town, 
with um with uh, that has a dam, and there's a group of women uh, who threaten to blow up the dam if a certain woman is uh, killed, but um, be a capital punishment. She's uh, was a, a victim of rape who killed her rapist, and mm-hmm. uh, these women felt that justice was not done, and they threatened to blow up the dam, and they follow through. And so all the short stories involve hour by hour what happens leading up to and after the dam uh, is blown up and the town floods. And it's, uh, I think there's 12 of us, uh, different authors with different voices, a lot of interweaving of facts and and setting pieces, but the stories all kind of flow together. The response has been great. And we're doing um, a follow-up to that that takes place in Jacksonville, Florida. So... Uh, that'll be coming out in the next uh, I mean, two years, next year or so, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, was so that, was that been... released right before Thriller Fest uh, two years ago or this year, Night of the Flood? No, this year. That Yeah, that just came out in, I think it was uh, March of this year, 2018. Yeah. So you're continuing okay. to write the short stories too. You have plans on continuing that as well. I do, yeah. I don't. I don't write. Um, I don't write them often, but um, again, you know, if there's a project I get excited about, um, another recent one was Betrayed, which was uh, 22. I think we had 22 authors who donated their time and their stories, uh, and this was uh, the brainchild of Pam Stack. And the book is every short story deals with um, crime survivors, mostly domestic violence crime survivors, oh. and all of the net proceeds go to a charity that supports um, survivors, crime survivors. So it's, it was a great out, Alison Brennan. Again? Betrayed. Mm-hmm. Betrayed? Betrayed. Thanks. So it's been some, okay. been some fun it's, projects. So you I don't, said the proceeds sure. went to uh, a, a charity or something? Yes, all the proceeds go, all the net proceeds go to charity. For that project, right? Yeah, I mean that's an important subject. Both Jody and I have written in very different ways too um, about domestic violence in our book. So, um, one of the things that uh, we find that our listeners are always interested in, Wendy, um, are how authors manage the process of writing. Um, and, you know, sometimes, you know, that means, like, do you write in the morning or the afternoon? But in a broader sense, um, you know, I think you're one who uh, we thought of uh, hearing from you how you manage your time in general, um, especially time to write. I mean, you have a full time as an attorney, I believe. Uh, you uh, and uh, now you've said that that's actually out of state from where you live now. Uh, you have two teenage sons. Um, you are very active in international thriller writers. Uh, that's an author organization for suspense and thriller writers. For those of you uh, listening who who aren't familiar with uh, ITW. So it seems like you're really busy. When do you find time to actually write? It's <laughs> um, a good question. My my mother always accuses me of being the busiest busiest person in the world. I, 
I, I am busy. I, I, I think, um, so I'll say this, you know, I, I don't know that there's any such thing as balance. So I'm going to put that out there. Uh, I would say in any given day, um, I'm prioritizing and juggling and I kind of, and my life is extremely integrated. So I don't, I don't compartmentalize uh, well or often. And so I'll be mm-hmm. at a soccer game and I'll have my computer with me. Um, you know, my, my kids, um, uh, it, it's a, a very integrated life. So I tend to get up in the morning and I try and write for one to two hours. I get up pretty early. Uh, my husband works from remotely and I'll write. And then I turn that off and I turn to my day job. And it's a typical day job, so that'll go till the evening. Um, and then in the evening, I try to either edit or spend some time on social media. Um, I, you know, whatever it is that's necessary at that time. If I'm up approaching a deadline, I'll, I'll return to my manuscript at that point. I do my best writing in the morning, so I try not to write in the evening. I use that for other things. And then the kids, you know, I've learned in my five years since publishing my first book to really prioritize my life. And so the kids' events, they come first. You know, they're 15, and I'm not going to have a, a lot more time with them in school. So they're kind of the – I think I'm sure you've heard sort of the analogy with the marbles where you put the marbles in the in the jar and then, you know, smaller and smaller until finally you're just putting, like, sand over everything. And that's kind of how I approach it. I, I look at a week and I figure out – Okay, so-and-so has a play, so-and-so has a mountain bike race, I want to go to those. You know, I have all these work obligations they have to get taken care of. I have, you know, the big things, and then I fit the rest around it. But I will say, you know, people will say to me, I really want to write a novel. You know, I have one in me. It, And I'm sure you two ladies can, can kind of support this, but you have to make the time because it's never a good time. It's just not. Um so you have to make the time. And so for me, things go by the wayside, like television. You know, I have a couple of shows I enjoy watching with the kids, but for the most part, I don't watch television. Um, I've had to limit my time online. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've had to limit the online time. So I try not to, it's hard, but I try not to surf the web a lot. You know, I give myself that 20 minutes in the morning to read the news, um, you know, and kind of get myself acclimated for the day. Um, and the the more I do this, the more I realize that that sort of prioritizing each day and I'm not overly scripted, but just knowing what I want to hit in that day. But the writing's a priority. I try and get up and I try and do that in the morning before the day gets ahead of me. You sound really organized. Oh, that's good. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm you, really no, I'm, no. <laughs> you sound not though. super organized. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it's come. I think it's it's for me. It's not a natural thing. I've learned that if I want mm-hmm. to do this, that I have to make it happen. It's like exercise, right? There's, right. if you just get up and you keep waiting, it'll never occur. So you just that's right. You, pro- you have yeah, to make you time. Just kind of, that's that's the that's point. Right. That's the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you write and you get ready to start a new book, what are your biggest challenges? You already have oh, the idea, like percolating in your head, right? And then then what? That is my favorite time. I love a blank page. Um, I know different writers feel different ways. Some love the editing process. I, for me, it's an absolute joy to start a new book. And I don't outline. Um, I normally have the concept. I do, 
Um, I do a lot of, Natalie Goldberg, if either of you are familiar with her, Writing Down the Bones. I do a lot mm-hmm. of, so she's a, a writer and an artist, and she's written some how-to books on writing and talks a lot about the value of pen to paper and free writing. So that's how I start every book. I use notebooks. I, I rarely return to them, but I just kind of free write ideas uh, for characters and storylines. And then the things that really gel will become, you know, the conceptually the basis for a book. And then once I have a pretty good sense of the characters and, you know, a general sense of the story, I just start writing. And then I kind of, I don't want to say outline, but I kind of, as I go along and more ideas come, I'll make notes, usually in brackets in the manuscript. And um, mm-hmm. that's how I write a first draft. Um, I find that the mm-hmm. hardest part to be the, uh, the later revisions when you're like really agonizing over every word and, you know, is that <laughs> word? Am I, is it active voice? Am I, am I using, mm-hmm. I get accused of using too many characters' names that start with the same letter and I do it. I don't know why. It's just a thing with me. Um, uh-huh. So things like that. I find that hard. Wow. Yeah, I think it's amazing how you can talk to so many different authors and everybody has a a totally different process and the the way they approach things. And this has been really interesting to hear yours. Um, I I think we're pretty much out of time, Um, but is there anything else that you'd um, like to share with our audience um, before we close, Wendy, like sure. where we can get your books, uh, how we can, how they can follow you on social media. Um, you know, we really appreciate hearing about uh, all these series and how you manage to to be a very uh, successful writer at the same time you're doing a day job and being a full-time mom. Well, thank you, and um, thank you both for having me on this on this show. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, your guests can, uh, your listeners can find me at wendytyson.com. Uh, there's links there for all the books. They're available really wherever normal, you know, online retailers. Certainly, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, Apple. Um, they they are available in some bookstores. Uh, certainly, bookstores can order them if they're not available in, in your local bookstore. Libraries, same thing. Uh, social media, uh, Wendy Tyson author on Facebook and at Wendy Tyson on Twitter. And uh, I certainly I love to hear from readers. So I invite them to reach out. And, um, you know, again, this has been a real pleasure. I appreciate it. And thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you. My best to both of you. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thanks. Well, that looks like that's about all the time we have for today's episode. So thanks thanks for coming and joining us, Wendy. We appreciate that. And a special thanks to all of you out there listening to the Milford House Mysteries. We hope you enjoyed our interview with author Wendy Tyson. Our next program will be on October 25th at 2 p.m. Sherry and I will discuss violence and villains. And a reminder to all you readers, our books are available at Sunbury Press's online bookstore, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other online retailers and bookstores. And you can follow us on social media, too. I'm on the web at www.sherrynolton.com, plus Facebook and Twitter. And I'm on Facebook 
facebook.com backslash Carlisle Crime Cases by J.M. West. And my new website is www.carlislecrimecases.com. Please tune in. So thanks to Wendy Tyson, and thanks to all of you for listening. Until next time.